0: Welcome to ALC's Sermon of the Week podcast. In this week's episode, Pastor Jared Pollard gives a message on legacy for the Church on the Lawn event. Good morning. How are we doing today? Are we doing great? Energetic? Who feels like they've been touched by the Lord today, right? Right. Amen. That's awesome. That's so good. The Holy Spirit is here. I hope that he continues working while I speak and not trip over courts. Um, Thank you guys so much for coming again. We love during doing these church on the lawn events. They are a lot of fun. Uh, It's awesome to see all you guys, and we really are excited to see you all back in services in the building next week. Um, Does anybody remember what I talked about the last time I spoke? Anybody? putting everybody on the spot. God is doing, everybody say, a new thing, a new thing. He's doing a new thing. I think that he has been doing it, and he is giving us great direction moving forward. Similar to what happened last time, I felt that phrase, a new thing, being dropped into my spirit for a long time before I ever spoke. Um, A similar thing this morning, the word legacy. Everybody say legacy. All right, so uh, Bethany Church with Pastor Jonathan Stockstill and Pastors University that Pastor Ben and I are, are taking part in. Um, Pastor Jonathan has been in this message series called uh, Kingdom, and he's basing it. He's got Kingdom Currency. There's a, a Kingdom Faith. There's a, a few other sermons like that. This morning, I'm gonna kind of tack on to his sermon series, and it's gonna be Kingdom Legacy. Everybody say that. Say Kingdom Legacy. All right, when you guys think of legacies... What do you think of? Anybody, just scream one out. The next generation, okay, what else? Inheritance. Inheritance, that's good. One more, anybody brave enough? Nobody's brave enough, okay. I think of businesses when I think of legacy. I think of Apple. Think about the legacy of the company Apple. I am a 100% Apple user. Uh, I love it, I'm sorry if you're an Android user. I love Apple products. They are the best, they work every time. I'm sorry if you disagree with me. (laughs) Uh, Somebody's disagreeing, That's just because she's dealing with the computer back there. Um, But it is the best product for what I use them for. They're so consistent, it's awesome, it's a great legacy. What about Walmart? Does anybody ever think of Walmart with a legacy? Think about what they've done, how they are everywhere, um, and it's just a legacy that comes to mind. I think about the royal family. That is a legacy that comes to mind. I'm not sure if I should be proud of this or not, but my family is traced back to Henry VIII. I was like, if we're going to be with a king, I wish it was a different king than Henry VIII, but that's how far we reach back. I also think about stories and myths. Did anybody ever watch the Daniel Boone TV show? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Okay. So Daniel Boone is my eighth great uncle. I don't know. That's just an odd fact that we know. He is my eighth great uncle. I think of that type of legacy. Uh, I also think about guitar companies. Imagine that. Gibson Guitars has an amazing legacy and their stuff, you know, you buy something at Walmart, it's going to depreciate, right? It's Walmart as a business that is successful, but Gibson creates quality products that appreciate with age. When I worked at um, Springfield Music here in town, I had an older woman call me on the phone saying that she had what is called a Gibson ES-175. It means nothing to most of you here. It's a very nice guitar. And so she calls about this because her worship pastor was wanting to buy it from her. Her husband had just passed away. He had had this guitar for a really long time. And he was offering her $3,000. Does that sound like a lot of money to you guys? That sounds like a lot of money. That's not something that I'm going to shell out. But he's he's offering that $3,000, and she was convinced that he was offering her too much money and she was wanting to get an appraisal so that she could sell it to him for less. So she brings it into our store. We take a look at it. Uh, we don't do a lot of vintage instruments, but we, we thought, you know, this is actually in really good condition. It's a, it's a 50s model, but we couldn't figure out what year it was from. So we said, it's probably worth about four, four to $6,000. So it could be worth double, to $6,000 sound like a lot of money to you guys? Ridiculous amount of money. So we refer her to another place here in town that does vintage guitars. She brings it in there to this guy, he takes a look at it, spends about 30 minutes appraising it, and he looks at her and says, you know, this guitar is worth about $26,000. $26,000. It was a collector's item. It was almost in perfect condition. It had the original case. It even had the original sales ticket that came with that guitar. So it was a true collector's item. And it was valued so high because of Gibson's legacy. Because of the, what we know, or I say we, what I know about Gibson guitars and what other people know about Gibson guitars, that it would be, and I looked this up, in 1953, this guitar sold for $195. Does anybody know how much money that would be worth today if it was 195 Anybody a, ma- a math whiz? It's about 1900 bucks. So it would have been a very expensive guitar at the time. But now it's worth $26,000. And that was four years ago. Guitars of that age tend to appreciate another three or 4% every year as they go. So it's worth even more now that uh, it's aged a bit more. So it's got a crazy, crazy legacy. I think about legacy for myself and I think about what I want my kids or my future grandkids and my descendants to remember about me. Does anybody have an older family member that they know a bunch of random knowledge about but maybe they're a couple generations removed? Anybody? We've got some of that in my family. It's weird because like I've never met that person. That person has never met me. But I know all sorts of things about them because of, everybody say, legacy. Everybody say kingdom legacy. There is something that lasts. There's something that continues. I hope that when I'm old and then maybe when I'm dead and gone, I'm remembered for three things. I want to be remembered for loving my wife and serving her my entire life. I want to be remembered for serving the church my entire life, and I want to be remembered for waging war on the kingdom of darkness, not on people. That's what I want to be remembered for. And when you start thinking about legacy, it changes what you do now, right? Everybody say yes. It changes what you do now, because you're no longer thinking about the now results. You're thinking about the long game. You're thinking about what extends past when you are here, or even if it's just a job. When I leave a job, I've had several jobs before I became a pastor. I wanted to leave that job with those people knowing that I was a trustworthy employee, and that I worked as hard as I could for them. It sounds basic and simple, but legacy starts with those small steps. So this word is downloaded in me. I can't get it out of my head. I have all these thoughts about legacy. So I turn to scripture and I wanna see what scripture says about legacy. And this is a happy tale. Everybody turn to Ecclesiastes chapter two. We all know that Solomon was positive all the time, right? He's the happiest person in the world. He always had a positive spin on everything that he said. This is what he says in chapter two, verse 18. I hated all my toil in which I toil under the sun. Seeing that I must leave it to the man who will come after me, and who knows whether he will be wise or a fool. Yet he will be master of all for which I toiled and used my wisdom under the sun. This is also vanity. So I turned about and gave my heart up to despair over all the toil of my labors under the sun, because sometimes a person who has toiled with wisdom and knowledge and skill must leave everything to be enjoyed by someone who did not work for it. This also is vanity and great evil. Who feels encouraged by that word right there? That's right. It's great, right? No, there's truth. It is truth what he is saying, not there is truth. It is truth. If I do something and I commit myself to it, and maybe it's just a business, or maybe it's just, uh, you know, I want my family to love me, and that's the only emphasis I have, there is no point in me doing it because it will not last there are effects that it will have, but if I do not have a legacy that is founded in Jesus, then it does not last. It might last a little while, but it won't be eternal. So everybody say, the legacy of the kingdom. The legacy of the kingdom lasts. It is eternal and we are each given the opportunity to participate in a legacy that truly lasts. If you look at the word in here that is legacy, you ready to learn some Hebrew? Everybody say, I am a Hebrew scholar. All right, so say, "nakhlam." You got to do the part. Yeah, nechlam. What it means is legacy. It also means inheritance, possession, and territory. And that stuck out to me. That the legacy of Jesus is the kingdom. And for us to stay in the kingdom, participate in that kingdom, and see God move in mighty ways, we have to receive an inheritance. We have to possess those possessions. And then we have to have the territory. So, this is what we're going to look at today. Everybody say, I'm excited. I don't believe you. Let's try that again. Say, I'm excited. That was a little bit better. Jesus gives us a prayer in Scripture. You know it. Matthew chapter 6. And this is what helps us focus on the kingdom. He says, pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. It gives us focus. It gives us the ability to participate in a legacy knowing that it will be eternal. If you had the opportunity to invest in something and know that it would not fail, would you do it? Yes. I had a history teacher. Uh, He was a Green Beret, um, and he traveled the world in the military, and he used to tell us that if any of us discovered the time machine, that we all needed to go back to 1973 and tell him to spend his college money on Walmart stock instead of buying his new car. And he had done the math. I think he would have had like $57 $57 million or something like that. If he had invested that $1,500 in 1973. So there, if you knew that you could invest in something and it would not fail, every single one of us would do it. That is the kingdom. That is the legacy that we can participate in. And we have to have that focus. So let's get to the parts of legacy that we're going to talk about. The three principles that we have to have. You can't have one of them and be successful. You can't have two of them and be successful. You have to have all three. Everybody say, all three. All three. That's right. Let's hold three fingers up. I've got too much in my hand. Say, all three. all three. There we go. That looked like a scene from the Hunger Games there for a second. All saluting each other. Okay, so the first thing that we have to have to participate in the legacy of Jesus is inheritance. Everybody say, inheritance. To receive an inheritance, you have to be identified you have to have the right identity okay if one of my family members older family members passed away and they left money to someone they're not just going to give that to anybody they're going to give it to the person who was identified you have to have the right identity if you look in 1st peter chapter 2 it says this you are a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation You have been identified. Point at yourself. Take your pointer finger. Point it right at your nose and say, I have been identified. I am chosen. I am a royal priest. I am part of a holy nation. You right now are included. If you are in Christ, you are included in a legacy that will last longer than anything else that you participate in. Ever. I'm cutting these people off. I gotta walk back. Here we go. All right. So, you have to have the right identity. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Close your eyes for just a moment. There have been a lot of terrible things that have happened during this time rough things, there have been deaths, there's been sickness, there's been business failure and it messes with our identity. This is what I want you to do right now. You've got your eyes closed, and even I want you to put your hands over your heart right now and just say, I am a child of God. Say it again. Say, I am a child of God. Everybody look at me for just a moment. That transforms you. That changes you. You are not defined by those circumstances. You are defined by you being a child of the Most High God. Amen? That is who you are today. You have the right identity when you are in Christ. So, everybody say, Inheritance, I have been identified. Now, say, Possession, I have been equipped. Say that again. Say, I have been equipped. So to participate in the legacy of Jesus, which is the kingdom, you have to have the right possessions. Galatians chapter 5 tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is, anybody? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. If I had my guitar down here, we'd sing the kids' song. That's right. We have the possession of these things. How many of you guys have operated in the opposite way of that list that we just made? Maybe in the past day or past week. Let's say, let's, we'll give you a little more grace. In the past week, each of us has probably struggled with one of these things. But just because we've struggled with it doesn't mean that you don't possess it. Uh, Natalie and I are flipping a house right now for a project. And let me tell you, it's easier to do things when you have the right tools. If you don't have the right tools, it's not going to work, right? If you take a 5 eighths wrench to a 9-16 bolt, is it going to work? No, it doesn't work. It's very frustrating. Uh, and, you know, uh, everything about this house has been a little frustrating because we have to get the right tools to make it happen. I, had, I was using a three-foot crowbar. We're pulling a deck apart right now, and I hit myself square in the chest. The board snapped this past week. So it's, it can be difficult, but if I was using the right tool, that's probably not the right tool for what I was doing, I probably would not have hit myself, okay? So it, we all have possession of those things. I have the right tools. A lot of the times we try to use shortcuts, right? We try to use something different. We try to use anger to get our way instead of using kindness, And so we have to make sure that we're possessing and we're using those different things. It says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. It also says in another place in scripture that they will know us by our love. Not by our buildings, not by our music, not by our preaching, but by our love. Everybody say love. You possess love, use the right tool. Use the right tool, okay? So everybody say inheritance. I have been identified. Everybody say possession. I have been equipped. Now everybody say territory. Say I have been given. You have been given the territory that you need to impact the world with the legacy of Jesus, which the legacy of Jesus is? the kingdom. Everybody say the legacy of Jesus is the kingdom. If you forget everything else that I say today, that's what I want you to walk away with. Everybody say the legacy of Jesus is the kingdom. So we've been given the territory. If you look at scripture, the first things that come to mind, at least for me, are the passages that talk about the Great Commission. But it can be kind of confusing if you look, it says it in Matthew 28 and in Mark 16, go out into the world. And so I think this is a really basic concept, but I think a lot of the times we think that great ministry is meant for missions and it is. Missions are awesome. Missions are necessary. I love the nation of Cuba. I am ready to go back to the nation of Cuba and share the gospel. Let's go to Cuba. We're ready. We're, we want to go. We are so ready to go back. But the reality is, is that if I do not practice my part in the legacy where I am right now, I am missing the biggest ministry opportunity of my life. If you are under the age of 35, or let's do If you're under the age of 40, stand up. If you are standing up, I want you to applaud all the people sitting down. Yeah. Okay. If you look around, there are what I would call legacy members of Abundant Life Church that are sitting in these seats. They have done amazing things for the kingdom, and they've done amazing things for the church. Now, you people sitting down, look at the people standing up. This is what the church is going to look like as we grow. People who are standing, look at me. I'm going to try to look at every single one of you. This is the challenge. We are called to stand up and to make it happen. We are called to be the church, not just attenders of the church. We are called to make an impact. Yeah, kids can stand up, absolutely. You are called to make an impact in the kingdom. We're not here to be spectators. We're here to be participators. You guys can take a seat. This is what... This is what comes to mind. Pastor Larry Stockstill, he's out of Bethany, he's with Pastors University, he says it like this. From zero to 30, you learn it. From 30 to 60, you earn it. And above 60, you return it. I am so thankful for the members of our church that have done those first two categories. But the reality is, is that it's become their time to return it to us. What that means is that people that are older than us now have the opportunity to disciple us into what they were doing, not us watch them continue to do the things that we should be doing. I'm not trying to sound gruff. I'm, I'm issuing a challenge. It's like, uh, does anybody ever get together with their siblings and maybe their parents if they're still alive, and all of a sudden, the roles of your childhood come back into play? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, so when my siblings and I get together, Natalie makes fun, of the, makes fun of me for this all the time. I, in ministry, I make decisions all the time. I can be decisive. I can make it happen. I can be quick. When I am with my family, I become the most passive individual in the entire world because I'm the youngest, and I wasn't used to anything ever being my way. And I'm still, I still have to watch myself and make sure that I don't just slip back into that sibling role that I had before. Guys, as we're moving forward and we're moving into what the church is going to continue to become, we cannot let all of the roles slip back the way that they were. We have to continue forward. We have to grow. It's time for the younger generation to step up and bear part of the load, not just receive the blessings of what others have done. And let me make sure that I'm speaking clearly. I am so thankful for the legacy members of Abundant Life Church that have created this amazing ministry You guys have blessed us as the younger generation beyond belief, but if this legacy is going to continue, it's time for us to stand up. Amen? Amen. I don't don't think that was loud enough. Let's try that again. Say amen. There we go. You can at least fake to agree with me this morning. All right, so we are going to continue with the legacy. Everybody say, inheritance. I have been identified. Say, I am a child of God. That's right. Everybody say, possession, I have been equipped. You have the tools that you need in every situation. All we have to do is humble ourselves to the Holy Spirit and let him continually equip us, okay? And then everybody say, territory, I have been given. If you look in John 16, it says, Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. This is where I think the real challenge of ministry comes into place. Who has ever been on on the missions field? Raise your hand if you've been on the missions field. Okay, so even if it's to another state, even if it's to another state, a domestic mission trip, so what you know is that ministry is way easier there, right? Ministry in Cuba is like playing a a video game, a spiritual video game. It's awesome. Um, You get to go there, you pray for people, and it is, bam, instantaneous, every single time. Very few times have we prayed for people and really had a struggle, because the power of God is moving in such an amazing way. But the reality is, is that we are not feeling the oppression that they feel, because it's not our culture oppressing us. We come in light as a feather, and we are ready to make it happen. But when it says, you will be scattered each to his own home, this is where ministry becomes real. This is when it becomes active. And again, I'll say it. If you miss doing ministry in this context, you will miss the biggest ministry opportunities of your life. I caught myself the other day. I ran past a guy on my trail. I see him almost every single time that I run. He's an older gentleman. He's always riding his bike. I have n- I probably ran past him 50 times and I've never talked to him. And so I ran past him again this past week, and I had to stop, and I went back and I introduced myself because there's no reason that he shouldn't know how much I love him. I see him all the time. It might, he might as well come into the church for as much as I pass him. And so I now know that this guy's name is Raymond, and he let me pray for him because I was kind enough to stop and talk to him. Those are the easiest ministry opportunities that we can have. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's easy. We can do it. Everybody stand up for just a second. I see uh, my sibling role coming upon some of you. So let's close your eyes just for a second. And I want you to raise your hands. This is different. I know we do this during worship. There's no music playing. I've got the wrong time. I'm just kidding. This is what we're going to do just for a moment. The spirit is not the music, although the music helps. But the spirit of God is here right now. And this is the opportunity for the mantle that some of our church members have been carrying for decades to be passed to the younger generation. This is what I just want us to do. I just want us to begin speaking out thanksgiving for what Abundant Life Church has been since, it's, since the beginning. Just speak out your thanksgiving. Thank God for the things that Abundant Life Church has done for you that has impacted you as an individual. The Spirit of God is coming right now, and I pray that he hits every person under the age of 40. And it, I'm, not, I'm not just trying to pigeonhole people, so maybe you feel a burden for ministry. Maybe it's something you've never done before. I pray that the Spirit of God will come down on each of us and clearly identify the role that we are to play in the legacy of the kingdom, but also in the legacy of Abundant Life Church. We are a Bible-based, spirit-led church with faith for a positive future. Amen? Amen. Everybody look at me just for a moment. I know I issued a challenge, and this is another challenge to my challenge. Don't be passive. Don't let the opportunities pass you by. And I'm speaking to both age groups. If you are a, a seasoned veteran in Abundant Life Church, do not miss the opportunity to train a younger person in what you're doing. And if you are a younger person, if you see an opportunity to carry a burden that is weighing another person down, do not hesitate. Amen? Let's just bow our heads this morning. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your spirit being here. God, we know that this is a challenge this morning, that there are other things that are weighing us down, maybe distracting us. But God, I believe that you have revealed to us as a church that the greatest distraction to the kingdom is not the bad. The greatest distraction to the kingdom is the good. Lord, we surrender the good enough to become great by the power of your spirit. Just raise your hands again one more time this morning. And I wanna challenge you, ask God to give you the grace to pick up the weight before you. I know I'm pushing hard on this, but this is the time. If there was ever a time for us to change the church, not just Abundant Life Church, the church in America, now is the time. And this morning, the goal is that you feel qualified for what we are gonna do. You are a candidate, you are an heir, you are a co-heir with Christ for the inheritance of the kingdom. You possess the tools that you need to do amazing, powerful, Holy Spirit-inspired ministry. And you have been given the territory right in front of you, in your family, in your workplace, and in missions and in other places. But it is here right now. The Spirit of God is here to empower you to accomplish what you would have thought before was impossible. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week podcast. Sermons are live every Sunday, 10 a.m. Central, on Facebook and YouTube. Find out more about us by visiting our Facebook page or visiting our website at Abundant.us.